Hello, music teacher friends. Welcome to episode number 61 of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock, and I like to consider myself your anytime piano teacher friend. It is my strong opinion independent studio teachers need more time with friendly colleagues, but we all know that time is hard to come by. So, That's why I am here. Thanks for joining today. I am often asked what my favorite episode of this podcast is so far. And the truth is, most episodes of this podcast that I've written uh, feel super special to me. So I really have a hard time picking a favorite I will say, though, one of my very favorite topics that I have talked about was done way back in episode number five. So episode number five was titled Cheers to the Quiet Ones, and that episode centers around those students who are not quite so enthusiastic about their lessons, at least on the outside. (laughs) You know, the students who often meet you with a blank stare or are reluctant to laugh at your jokes. (laughs) Experience has taught me that even though you might be completely convinced that those students dislike their lessons based on their body language or lack thereof, (laughs) you might actually be surprised how often those students really do hold positive feelings about you and your teaching. So, in fact, those quiet students hold a very special place in my heart. So, anyway, episode 5 is definitely worth a listen, or maybe even a re-listen, Because I know we all struggle with what to do with those exceptionally quiet students. Today, I am taking a nod from that favorite topic of mine, and I'm going to share another, perhaps even more surprising, favorite type of student with you today. Let's just call them the challengers. (laughs) You know those students who are probably the most difficult to enjoy teaching. (laughs) Maybe they are difficult to keep focused. Maybe they are a touch argumentative. Maybe they have super funky technique and appear to have zero control over their bodies. You know, the students that can be exceptionally slow learners or super sarcastic all the time, or, well, yeah, you get the picture. I'm pretty sure that you're envisioning a student or two from your past or present right now, yes? Well, I'm probably in the minority here, but I actually like having a challenger or two in my student mix. Honestly, it makes me feel like a better teacher. Mind you, I don't always like it every second of every lesson, (laughs) but there are several contributing factors that make me feel like I am doing exceptionally good work when dealing with a student like this. I can't say I've always felt this way, (laughs) but it's where I am now. 
I'll tell you a little story. When I was working on my undergraduate degree, I got hired to teach at a local music store close to campus. And I was so excited to start a new roster of students because I had to leave my full roster back in my hometown. So I showed up for my first round of lessons with like giant, enthusiastic teacher energy, right? I was ready to do my very best work and build a new round of superstar students. Yeah? (laughs) Well, first up was this tiny little boy named Steven. And for the record, I remember his last name also, but I'll keep that one to myself to protect his privacy. (laughs) But anyway, Steven had an older brother and sister who took lessons at the same studio And it was explained to me that they were great students from a very musical family who really prioritized lessons. So I was really excited to begin building my new little piano empire (laughs) with terrific little Steven at the start, right? Obviously, he was going to follow in his siblings' great footsteps, right? (laughs) Well, Steven came in for his lesson And he played a quick little piece. And of course, I praised him for, I think, his fast little fingers. And then I suggested that we go back to the beginning and play it again, but this time paying more attention to the dynamic markings in the score. That's all I said, I promise. (laughs) Well, all of a sudden, I swear, time slipped into slow motion And I watched this tiny little boy spin his legs over the side of the piano bench. And he kicked me, like, right in the shin. (laughs) And I mean, he kicked hard. (laughs) And of course, there is, I don't know, what, 18, maybe 19-year-old me (laughs) just sitting there thinking, what just happened? I honestly can't even tell you what I did from there. But I do know Stephen never kicked or attempted to injure me again. (laughs) But I will say he was certainly not my favorite student. And the second I was able to pass him off to another teacher in that same studio, I did. (laughs) In hindsight, I kind of wish I knew then what I know now. So let's talk about some real truths about challenging students. I think one of the most helpful things to understand about students with challenging behaviors is this. They are not just challenging for you, (laughs) meaning they are surely displaying these same challenges at school and at home and at just about any other activity they might be pursuing. So first of all, number one, it's not personal. It's not you. But even more importantly than that, you have to consider how that student is used to being treated by adults in similar positions. Here's an example. I had a student a few years ago who struggled, and I mean struggled, to get through his school day. He was in a good school with teachers that I love, but... His inability to sit still and 
quote-unquote stay focused (laughs) made him a really, really challenging student in the classroom. And school teachers, bless them, I love school teachers so much, (laughs) but they are just not equipped with the resources they need to handle an entire class and a student like this. So as a result, he had endured some very poor treatment at school. And I'm just talking things like a lot of isolation, discipline that revolved around shame and guilt, and all things that seem logical in the moment, but that research shows is actually quite harmful and certainly not effective. So I had this kid in my studio, and I didn't really know about those challenges initially, but any kind of conversation pertaining to school made it painfully obvious that he was having a really hard time. And I came to realize early on that he had not had one positive relationship with a teacher in his five years of schooling thus far not even one. He had never once felt like a teacher had seen anything good in him. He'd never felt like they found him intelligent or clever or a good friend or any of those kinds of positive things. And for the record, he is all of those things. And I became determined to make sure he knew it. I realize that sounds very altruistic on my part, and that's not my point. I certainly wasn't perfect at this, but after an initial phase where he definitely tried anything and everything to push me over the edge, (laughs) we did slowly gain a nice rapport, and he learned that I was not going to give up on him. We grew to have a very good working relationship, And, I mean, his lessons were still pretty chaotic. I mean, this guy was dealing with a strong case of ADHD, and his parents were only then beginning to seek the help he really needed to cope with those challenges. I actually have video evidence of the magic I worked with this student. So we were preparing to record a duet, and the camera is rolling, And my student is, of course, hamming it up for the camera while I get ready. He is making faces, he's jumping around, he's speaking all of these, like, nonsense syllables. I mean, it's pretty nuts. (laughs) But I sat down on the bench beside him. I simply put my fingers softly on his shoulder and I said, Are you ready? And he immediately sat tall, his eyes focused on the page, And he played his entire piece beautifully. (laughs) It's one of my very proudest moments of teaching ever caught on camera. I won't ever share it publicly out of respect for this kid. (laughs) But it does show how successful a simple look or touch can be. And we don't always have to resort to language that is disciplinary in nature or lectures or threats or any of those things. We just don't have to do it. Sometimes a look is enough. Proceeding on with your directive is enough. Friends, if I could give you any advice 
about working with behaviorally challenged students. It's to avoid any kind of language that heaps guilt or shame on your student. I mean, that's a whole episode topic in itself, but the research is very clear that guilt and shame do not work. They don't work in our criminal justice system. They don't work in the political arena. And they definitely don't work in music lessons. I also don't want you to be a doormat. It is very important for you to set boundaries. If I had a little Steven kick me again in a lesson, his parent would immediately be brought in on that conversation And I would calmly but firmly explain that that type of behavior will not be tolerated a second time. If you have students who are being disrespectful to your instrument or your property, that is something you have to address right away. Do not misunderstand me. But matters of attitude, eye rolling, whatever it might be, the chances are very strong The student is just defaulting to defense mechanisms that they have come to lean on in school or at home or elsewhere. So give them time. Let them know that you are not going to give up on them just because they're behaving a certain way. And make sure your actions match your words. I certainly can't commit to a studio full of these types of students, (laughs) but again, I will take on two or three a year because I think our opportunity to connect with these types of students in particular might be some of the most important chances we get to make a difference in the lives of our students. Think about it. And I said this about the quiet students as well. Your students who are easy to love in your studio are probably easy to love everywhere else. (laughs) They've probably never had to struggle with questions of whether or not teachers see good things in them. They've not had to resort to extreme measures to gain attention. I love those students as much as anyone, but when all is said and done, I can't help but wonder if my impact on the lives of students in the opposite position just might mean a little bit more. The challenging student I was talking about earlier stayed with me for about three years and then decided to take a break. But I will tell you, I ran into him at a sporting event this past fall, and this now 14-year-old boy just threw his arms around my neck when he saw me in a way that is quite uncharacteristic of 14-year-old boys. (laughs) It made my heart just want to explode. Those hours that we spent together, he and I, they were well spent, even if they felt a little crazy sometimes. I mean, he will look back on his memories of piano lessons with happiness and good memories And that means the world to me. I can't tell you enough, my friends. Teach the human sitting across from you. The person that walks through your door is the person you need to teach that day. So if they're having a hard time controlling themselves, that might not be the best day for super fine details. It might be a better day to sing or move or do rhythm work. It might be a good day to explore new repertoire. 
play a few pieces for your challenger and see what they like. You might be surprised what you find out. If you're more frustrated with their progress or lack thereof, more so than their behavior, please remind yourself that there are no set standards for progression. I know you might be used to your entire studio moving at a certain pace, or maybe you taught your entire studio to read staff notation using one specific system. But that system is not going to work for every student. That is not a signal for you to feel frustrated thoughts about these students, but it's an invitation to think differently. Consider your students' perspective. Come at concepts from a new angle. This is what I mean by the fact that I feel like a better teacher through working with challenging students. So, If you find yourself with a challenger or two in your student mix this year, I hope this little pep talk has helped you commit all over again to providing them with the most meaningful experience possible. You can still command respect while also being understanding of a student's exceptionalities. It's not easy, but it's really important. Consider what life is like in their shoes and see how you might be able to help. And before we go, let's raise our glasses and toast one another in deep solidarity for the challengers among us. (laughs) Music teacher friends of the world, today we wrap our arms around each other and give a collective hug of understanding. (laughs) We have a lot of students out there who are going to drive us crazy. We want to communicate so much information in every lesson. It is wildly frustrating when we don't get through as much information as we hoped for. I know we worry about what parents are going to think of us and our skills. We wonder how many more of those lessons we have left in us. (laughs) We think we don't have to put up with this. And truly, we don't. But if we are able to summon the patience and the strength and the encouragement to help these students see the good in themselves, we will be responsible for accomplishing something that is truly great. May we remember, by and large, kids do not behave badly just for the sake of behaving badly. There really is a reason. If you make the choice to work with a challenging student, May you be encouraged by the fact you are doing important work in the life of one who others may give up on more readily. So with that in mind, I say cheers to you, my life-changing teacher friends. Hear, hear. Thanks for listening to episode 61 of the Beyond Measure podcast. If you love the content you've received here, 
please consider supporting my endeavors over on my Patreon page. Every time I get a new subscriber, I seriously do like a little happy dance. So if you want to make me smile today and get some pretty great content in return, head on over to patreon.com slash beyondmeasurepodcast. The link is included in the show notes, or you can always message me on social media at Beyond Measure Podcast. All right, onward and upward, my teacher friends. Let's make it a good week.